is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough. I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. On a Friday, a beautiful Friday here in Pittsburgh. I'm Wesley Euler in for Adam Crowley. My man Tom Opperman behind the glass. You involved with the shows. You want to get on the phone lines? 412-922-2874 is the number to call when you do. You can also give us your Block Party Friday request. This is a Block Party Friday. We're playing songs all day coming back from break that you would want to hear at a block party, at a pool, somewhere with a drink in your hand on a beautiful Friday like it is today. You can also tweet the show at Wesley Euler. That's U H L E R, how you spell my last name. One more time, that phone number again, 412 922 2874. Well, this is the third time I've filled in for one Adam Crowley, and we've made it this far without talking about baseball, which I consider a little bit of a personal victory. But with the current state of the Pirates, I. It's almost gotten to the point where it's so bad now that you can't ignore it anymore. Like, when they're just bad, you can just ignore it. But when they're so bad, like they are now, and just without really a... And I, okay, they're only six games under 500. There's plenty of teams in baseball that have worse records. But without a real glimmer of hope. So here's my Pirates take. Contender rebuild. There's no middle ground. As a professional sports team, I don't care what sport it is. And listen, I know baseball, it's a lot harder to project in the draft than other sports. Rebuilding isn't exactly the same science in baseball that it might be in basketball or the NFL. But as a pro sports team, I don't care what sport it is, you can be one of three things. You're, you're one of three things. You're contending, you're rebuilding, or you're just pretending. And, and that's the worst thing to be. And aside from 2013 to 2015, the Pirates have been pretenders for the better part of three decades. What's this team closer to? Contending or having a yard sale? Because it needs to be one or the other. You can't just keep treading water and talking about bridge years and all these things that are never going to happen. In 2009, the Pirates were in a very similar situation as they are right now. They had... Jason Bay, they had Freddie Sanchez, they had good players, but they were under 500, they were underperforming. What that team had that this team didn't have was young Andrew McCutcheon, young Neil Walker, Starling Marte, promising young talent. Where's that now? It's not there like it was in 2009, and that 2009 team got blown up at this same point of the season. And it's been about a decade now for Neil Huntington. Where exactly has the progress been? From 2009 when he blew up that team to now, nine years later, what progress have, have, has there been in, in this near decade? There's not one deserving all-star on the roster. One of the Pirates is going to make the all-star team because that's how baseball works. But there's not one real deserving all-star on this Pirates roster. Like I said, there's no real young stud who looks to be one of the more exciting young players of the game. Sure, Austin Matthews is exciting. They still have some pitching prospects, Jamison Tyon, guys like that, that you could see being all-star caliber players one day. But there's no Andrew McCutcheon coming up. There's no Starling Marte coming up. Where's the young players on this roster to get excited about? There are none. I don't see any. And like I said, it's been like this for the better part of three decades. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Yeah, but what about 2013 to 2015? Don't give me, please, 
Quato, Quato. Like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about that 2013 wildcard game. Wild card game. And how great the atmosphere was. And how much the crowd had a part in rattling the Reds in Quato. Yeah, that was a blast. I had a lot of fun that night. The atmosphere was out of control. It was sick. But that was one game in the last... Since Bonds got tagged out at home by Sid Bream in the 1992 NLDS. That's that's one game. Quato. Quato. I see it every year on Twitter. Hey, never forget, never forget when Pirates fans made Johnny Cueto drop the ball. Yeah, don't worry, no one's going to forget because that's the only thing positive they have to remember from the last 30 years. Other than that, ever since Bonds got tagged out at home in 1992 in Atlanta by Sid Bream, what have we had as Pirates fans to hang our hat on? And what do we have to hang our hat on now? Where are the future building blocks? Bell? Tyen? Do you really believe in those guys after what you've seen over the last couple years in terms of being all-star caliber baseball players? Polanco? Do you really enjoy watching Gregory Polanco play baseball? I mean, does he really look like a guy whose game's improving to you? Do you really want to give Gregory Polanco more time, another year or two? You're contending, you're rebuilding, or you're pretending. And right now, the Pirates are not contending, clearly, and they're not really rebuilding, so all they're doing is pretending. And they like to talk about attendance and how that affects the payroll and all that. Attendance is down, I think, about 6,500 people per game this season. And that's after a big drop last year. But I look at it the other way. Even more so, what do you have to lose at this point? Your pride? Yeah, that's laughable. What, what pride exactly? Blow it up. There's plenty of trade chips on this roster that could get you a good return. You already sent Cole and Kutch out of town. Why not go the whole way? Who on this roster is worth the price of admission? Marte? But do you even consider Marte like that anymore? Even consider him untouchable in the grand scheme of building your team long term? And all this frustration has, has got me thinking. I talked about this a little bit in the intro. It seems like real baseball people, and I'm not a huge baseball person. I'm not a hater. I follow baseball. Once the playoffs start, I'm there tuned in all the time. But during the summer, baseball is like background noise to me. I follow it. I have it on, but I'm not engaged. But I feel like people who do love baseball, real baseball people, people who live for this time of year, they love the six games a week, 162 games a year. It seems like they all have a second baseball team. Like if you root for a big market team, the Yankees, Boston, Chicago, LA, Houston, whatever it may be. It's like... All those big baseball fans that root for those teams, they have another team that they pull for. They might pull for usually a smaller market team, like the Kansas City Royals or the Pittsburgh Pirates or maybe the Baltimore Orioles. And then opposite of that is for fans of small market teams like the Pirates and the Orioles and the Kansas City Royals and the Milwaukee Brewers, it seems like they all have a big market team that they kind of have as their mistress team as well. I know a lot of Pirates fans who are Pirates fans first and foremost, but they also root for... The Yankees, they also root for the Red Sox. They also have rooted for the Dodgers, the Cubs, things like that. Not as much the Cubs because there's the division rivalry there with the Pirates. So this got us to thinking. We're so frustrated and tired of the Pirates, their current ownership, what's been going on this season. Tom, let's find a second team to root for. Let's be real baseball guys here because apparently 162 games a year isn't enough. We, We need double that. We need two teams to root for. So, like I just mentioned, since the Pirates, small market team, small budget team, 
I'm going to go with a big market team. So that obviously narrows it down. Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers. Astros. I was going to say Astros in San Francisco too, but here's why I'll stay away from them is because they've won championships recently. So I feel like that's a little... You want something to root for. You, I, I want to be, I wanna be there with my, with my fellow fans whenever yes. we finally break through. struggled so long for this. So struggle so long for this makes me think Dodgers, right? Yeah, they haven't won at all recently. But then I thought about kind of the dynamic that we as Penguins fans have with Flyers fans. Where it's like, yeah, look at all we've won recently, and you, uh, yeah, you think you're historic, but who cares? I feel like that's kind of what it would be like being a Dodgers fan. You'd have to deal with Giants fans who have won three World Series in the last eight years. So the Dodgers are out. Oh, but it would taste so much sweeter when you win. You can rub it in those Giants fans' faces. It would. It would. The Dodgers are out. So that leaves us Cubs, Boston, and New York. <laughs> the Red Sox are I should have said them first. They're 100% out. Uh, Tom, if you ever catch me rooting for a Boston team, check my pulse or call the police because it's not me. I've been drugged. I do find the Red Sox to be the most tolerable out of them. I used to. Not anymore. No? No. Because, Celtics now? Well, I've always kind of hated the Bruins because I'm a hockey guy, but the Celtics are extremely insufferable. I can't stand yeah. the Bruins and the Patriots. I mean, those are the top two by a landslide. I used to, 10 years ago, think that the Red Sox were easy to root for. Until they became everything, until they became the big spending team that just throws money at everything that they used to always rip upon. So this leaves us Chicago and New York. Cubs division rival. But as Tom knows, we've discussed this off air. My father is from Chicago. My father is a big Chicago sports fan. He's lived in Pittsburgh for 30 years and he likes Pittsburgh sports teams. But when oh, they play Chicago teams, he still roots for Chicago teams. Oh, no. You're not going to do this, are you? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh. So, the New York Yankees, congratulations. Woo! You have a new fan, Wesley Euler, And this works out real well because two weeks ago, I was up in New York City, actually went to my first Yankees game. If you're a baseball guy, you got to go to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Amazing. It's not a stadium. It's a cathedral. And my first Yankee Stadium experience on a Saturday afternoon, Aaron Judge hit two home runs and had an RBI. Giancarlo Stanton had a home run. And their ace, who's Severino, Severino, who's their young ace, pitched like a two-hitter. So not only did I have a perfect Saturday afternoon in New York City at Yankee Stadium, but all their big players put on a show. So until the Pirates are good again, we'll put that little caveat out there, I am now a closet mistress Yankees fan. I like it. Your turn, Tom. Take me through your thought process. It's actually interesting that you picked the Yankees. Is that yours as well? No, it's not. Yours is the Red Sox, isn't no, it? No, it's not. But it's our two teams could meet in the wild card game for sure. And I didn't necessarily pick a big market team. It's not really a small market either. It's kind of in the middle there. I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. It's a great call. Great. So have you ever been to Seattle? No, I never have, but I want to. I would, it, mo I would move there. Awesome. I would move there tomorrow. It's like a dream if, destination. For Morgan me, and I went there two summers ago. You got to get there. It's an incredible city. Seattle looks great. My thought process behind picking them—they kind of remind me of those 2013 Pirates, right? That's you a know, really they good point. Have especially that, right now, they kind of have They're that exciting. resurgence here going on. It, especially mm -hmm. last year, I don't know if you remember this, but they were kind of the hot team to pick, and they they kind of sputtered towards the end, and much like the Pirates of 2012 did. So now it looks like they're going to, they have a comfortable lead in the wild card now. They're a game and a half back of the Astros in the West. It looks like Seattle's making the playoffs. That's a great pick, too. You know why? Because they had, and I'm sure you might remember the year, but I want to say it was early 2000s. Seattle had like one of the best teams in baseball history. They had Ken Griffey, and they had uh, the big unit, Randy Johnson, and they had young Alex Rodriguez. Yes. 
What year was that? Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre. Do you remember? Was that 01, 03? I want to say that was in the 90s. Was it? Late 90s, maybe? Like 90? And then they had another great year when Ichiro Mm -hmm. came in in the early 2000s. So where I'm going with all this is that is a fan base that is starving for a championship. Exactly. And they've been close. And when they finally get one, the celebration... There'll they'll be scenes in Seattle when they... Their when, last good year was in those early 2000s. So so yeah. not as much of a drought as the Pirates went through, but there's a drought there. And and like I said, they remind me of that research. Looks like we're going to have to go through the wildcard game because I think the Astros are just the best team in baseball. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I see your Yankees, my Mariners and your Yankees in the AL wildcard. If they do, I'll have to call in and we'll have to, we'll have to banter. We'll have to duke it out. Would you consider the Astros a, a big market team? Absolutely. It's Houston. I think most people don't, but Houston is like quietly like Huge. the seventh biggest city in the United States right now. I think it's. I think it might even that. be bigger. I think it's. I think like it's the past fourth, Philly I think it's and top Dallas four in markets honestly. because it, Philly used to be four. Philly and Dallas would flop four and five, right? And then Boston and, and San Fran were right there. I think. I think, I think Houston, Houston passed them all. I think Houston passed them all. It's like the best place in America to buy a house right now. I know. You consider the Cardinals. They've had so much success, but are they? Not that I would ever. They'd be another one of those, like with the Red Sox, could never root for the Cardinals. St. Louis, you can't be. They didn't support a football team, so that's a huge red flag for not being a big market. They got hockey, there. though. They got hockey, they got though. hockey, but I think it's just it's just such a weird phenomenon with them in baseball because they're they're not small market by any stretch. No, of the but, they're but they're not. They're on the they're bottom of the market. middle. They're yeah. closer to small than they are big. But they do spend money. So like much, they spend so money. Success. They signed Marcelo Zuna this offseason. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you will, could, they will open up the checkbook. You could argue, other than the Yankees, they're the most storied baseball franchise in America. In the NL, they are absolutely. They absolutely are the Kings. Absolutely. Coming up next, the Pirates start a three-game series with the Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies are on a roll. Ten games over five hundred. They've won four straight. But we're not going to talk the X's and O's of that series because that would be depressing. What we're going to do instead next is. As a guy who has lived the past two-plus years in Philadelphia, I'm going to tell you why we got it way better right here in Pittsburgh. That's all coming up on the other side. I'm Wesley Euler filling in for Adam Crowley. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Yeah, my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers, are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. Ooh. No. A little salt and pepper to bring you back here on a Friday. The Deadpool. This is the Deadpool song, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a great call by Tom here. On our Block Party Friday, still time to get your requests in. You can call 412-922-2874 or tweet the show at Wesley Euler. If you go on my Twitter account, we've got a poll up. You'll know one of the things I like to do here. We call it the dumb question of the day. We'll talk about that in the 6 o'clock hour, but if you would like to go ahead and vote on the poll and give us your feedback, again, you can get involved with the show on Twitter at Wesley Euler. Philadelphia Phillies are in town this weekend, starting a three-game series with the Pirates at PNC Park tonight here in a couple hours at 7. The losingest franchise in American sports history, the Philadelphia Phillies. Don't let them fool you like they're up there with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cardinals and the Dodgers. They're not. Over 10,000 losses, the only American sports franchise that has over 10,000 losses in their franchise history, the Philadelphia Phillies. I have lived in Philadelphia a little over two years now. And I got to admit, I enjoy it. I do. 
I do. I know that's hard for you guys to hear. I enjoy living in Philadelphia, but yeah, Pittsburgh's a much better city. I mean, come on. And I'm sure you're probably thinking I'm going to use uh, sports will be a large crux of this argument. But here's where I really want to start. The square mileage of Philadelphia is about twice that, a little over twice the size of Pittsburgh, if you will, the area of the city. We'll, we'll call it square mileage. A little bit over twice the size Philadelphia is in just pure terms of landmass. But the population of Philadelphia is over five times more than the population of Pittsburgh. So think about that. The landmass is really only a little over double, but the amount of people in that landmass is over five times. So you do the math on what you think traffic is like in Philadelphia. You guys think the parkway is bad. I, on a good night, can make it to work in about 15 minutes. There's been plenty of times that it's taken me well over an hour to get to and from work. I'm telling you, I used to think the parkway and 279 and the tubes could get backed up until I lived in Philadelphia for two years. The one thing I miss about Pittsburgh, I mean, there's a lot of things I miss about Pittsburgh, but one of the big things I miss about Pittsburgh is the traffic. No group of, and and listen, they're loyal. Just like Pittsburghers, Philadelphia sports fans are loyal to the core. But no group of sports fans in the United States And I can confident, I've done research, okay? I've lived in four different states in my life. I've got a good grip on this. No group of sports fans in the United States are as hypocritical as Philadelphia sports fans. Let's start on the ice, shall we? They love to scream about bankruptcy and the Penguins moving to Kansas City and no one cared about the Penguins until 2009. They scream about attendance being the issue with the Penguins and why they went bankrupt because nobody cared despite the fact that the Penguins played to 86% capacity when they last declared bankruptcy in 1998. 86% capacity doesn't sound like people didn't care to me. They say all this as if the Sixers didn't have the worst attendance in the NBA aggregate from 2014 to 2016. In 2015, the Sixers had dead last attendance in the NBA. And that's in a top-five sports market, and that's basketball. That's not hockey in Pittsburgh. That's basketball in the fourth to sixth biggest TV market in the country. I mentioned one of the things they love anytime you bring up the Penguins. Yeah, well, they should be playing in Kansas City. The Kansas City Penguins. The Kansas City Penguins. They can still bring this up in the year of our Lord, 2018. The best part about all this is the most successful franchise in the history of Philadelphia with five championships currently resides in Oakland, California. Yeah, the Oakland Athletics won five World Series when they were the Philadelphia Athletics before they moved out of Philadelphia. That's still the most successful sports franchise in Philly history with five titles. But that's not the best part. You want to know the best part is? You want to know where the Philadelphia Athletics moved before they ended up in Oakland? Kansas freaking city! So, on a scale here of the amount of professional sports teams lost to Kansas City, Pittsburgh's at zero, Philadelphia is at one, but they still have the audacity to come after the Penguins. The Penguins are only good because they tanked. But with the Sixers, no, 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 it's, it's trust the process. It's a process. It's not tanking. It's a process. Three pro teams in Pittsburgh, 16 championships. Four pro teams in Philly, seven championships. In the last three decades, if we want to make it more recently, in my lifetime, Pittsburgh has seven championships between just two teams because we all know the Pirates haven't won crap. While Philly has two championships between 
Four teams. And when you bring up the rich sports history that Pittsburgh has, Philadelphians love to retort with something along the lines of, yeah, well, no one wants to live in Pittsburgh. You guys even have running water and housing in Pittsburgh. No one wants to live there. Ignoring the fact that the median income of Pittsburgh residents is four grand higher than the median income of Philadelphia residents. And also ignoring the fact that, yeah, no one wants to come to Pittsburgh, except your hero, your franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, who when faced with the biggest decision of his career, where is he going to get his knee operated on this past year, decided to travel to Pittsburgh to get that big surgery, that biggest moment of his professional career, double knee surgery, Instead of saying in the incredible metropolis that is Philadelphia, he came back to no running water, no housing, Pittsburgh, for the biggest moment of his life. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So now going forward, Eagles fans got to thank the Steelers that Carson Wentz is, is all good. And any Super Bowls that Carson Wentz wins for the Eagles, Pittsburgh can claim a share of. Hey, I don't make the rules here. And they love to talk about no one wants to live in Pittsburgh, no one wants to live in Pittsburgh. The most ironic part about all this, too, other than the Carson Wentz stuff Philadelphians' idea of a perfect weekend is one spent away in New Jersey. If your city's so great, why do you have to leave every summer weekend to go to New freaking Jersey for the perfect weekend? Yikes. Philly loves to come at Sidney Crosby, call him a baby, call him a whiner, call him the B word. Every misogynistic insult in the book. And yet they'll coddle and defend and protect Markel Fultz and Joel Embiid. Guys like that who have never won anything in their life. This past year, Sixers fans were actually bragging about how good Joel Embiid was at flopping and selling calls. But that's Cindy Crosby. That's Cindy Crosby. Make a joke about Embiid or Fultz, and it's, oh, real original, talking about them being soft. Never heard that before. From the same guys who have been screaming Cindy Crosby for a decade. Biggest hypocrites in sports. Legit fans. That's not what I'm saying. But biggest hypocrites in sports. And I think it all stems from their little man complex. I get it. They'll never be New York or Boston. Never. When it comes to sports success. They won't even be Pittsburgh when it comes to sports success, but we've laid that out already. They'll never be L.A. or Miami or San Francisco when it comes to desirable locations to live and call home. So they lash out at places like Pittsburgh and D.C. whenever they can to make themselves feel better. And, and two, I didn't mention this with the Crosby thing. They talk about Sidney Crosby like Eric Lindros never existed. Like... The things that they accuse Sidney Crosby of, Eric Lindros was a billion times worse. There's never been a bigger baby, I think, in sports, definitely in hockey, than Eric friggin' Lindros. That baby cried his way off of two hockey teams before he ever played a game in the NHL. Wait, sorry, that's wrong. He had his dad cry his way off of two hockey teams before he ever played a game in the NHL. One, his junior team that drafted him, he didn't like, cried his way off that team. And then when the Quebec Nordiques drafted him, he wasn't going to play for them either. Oh, and he actually had his career ended by concussions, unlike Sir Sidney. Do the Flyers even have one guy who would be an all-time top five Penguins? A top five Penguin? I don't think it's even close. Not one. Not one. So hypocritical. I remember last year when the Penguins went to the White House with that whole controversy, and everybody comes out of the woodwork with their opinions on Sidney Crosby, especially in Philly. They were calling him Mayo Boy and ripping his white privilege and calling him a bad leader, saying meeting with Trump tarnishes a Canadian's legacy and community service. Yes, because Carson Wentz, Mr. Gunrack, North Dakota, and Pastor Napoleon Dynamite, I mean Nick Foles, definitely voted for Hillary. 
most hypocritical fan base in the world. They love to talk about how the NHL tanks for the Penguins. Oh, the Flyers had no chance. There's no way the NHL was letting its golden franchise lose in the first round. Like, Comcast doesn't own the Flyers. Like, Comcast doesn't also own NBC, who's the NHL's TV partner. So, yeah, the NHL's definitely fixing games for the small market team that's going against the big market team that's also owned by the league's biggest partner. Makes a lot of sense. And, and the biggest bother, I'm sure you heard it after the Super Bowl. If you didn't, you must have been living under a rock. No one likes us, we don't care. That's like the Philly mantra. No one likes us, we don't care. Except for nothing could be further from the truth. No sports town has thinner skin than Philadelphia. All it takes is one jabroni like Colin Cowherd or Joe Buck or Ron Cook to trigger the whole city. They say one bad thing about one of their teams, and it's a talking point on all the shows the whole day. They love to taunt, taunt Cowboys fans in Philadelphia for living in the past when no American sports franchise, not one, no American sports franchise clings to their history and their past more than the Flyers. Hey, Tom, when's the next Broad Street Bullies night? You want to look that up for me? And speaking of those Cowboys, you know how many people from the Philly area are three for four fans? Meaning they like the Sixers and the Phillies and the Flyers, but also the Cowboys. Sometimes the New York Giants, but mainly the Cowboys. Not the Birds, the team from halfway across the country. And listen, I get it. There's Cowboys fans everywhere. Here in Pittsburgh, there's Cowboys fans. But not like in Philly. Not like in Philly. I see a Cowboys t-shirt, Cowboys hat, Cowboys decal every day. And it's the same clowns who like the Flyers, like the Phillies, like the Eagles, or like the Sixers, but hate the Eagles. And I haven't even touched on, we'll, 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 we'll close down with this, the terrible music taste of people from Philadelphia. I mean, they talk about Bruce Springsteen like he's Elvis. Yeah, that guy. They talk about Meek Mill like he's Biggie freaking Smalls. I mean, the city was ready to shut down over Meek Mill. Oh, man, just stick to cheesesteaks. Okay, just stick to cheesesteaks. That's the one thing I'll give you. I think cheesesteaks are better than Permanis. I know that's sacrilege. I'm going to say that too. And Chinatown. Oh, man, Tom. Philly's got a great Chinatown. That's one thing. That's one thing we need here in Pittsburgh. And miss me with all this debate over Sheets and Wawa. They're both gas station food. It's, it's both convenience store gas station food. I kind of think Gecko might be better than both. But I miss me with, with that argument. I, as I said, I love living in Philly. It's a great place to live. But we had to have a little fun there. Philly's music and comedy scene is outstanding. Pittsburgh is, is catching up, but they could, they could do a little bit better in terms of catching up to Philly. Thoughts on this? 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you could tweet me your opinions at Wesley Euler WVU. When we come back, we're going to transition a little bit. We're going to talk a little, I guess you could say golf. We're going to talk some more about this rumored pay-per-view style matchup that's going down between Tiger and Phil Mickelson. And we will use that as well to talk about how these guys drive ratings. And another ratings driver, Conor McGregor, who is rumored to be in negotiations with his sport, the UFC. All that and more coming up on the other side. I am Wesley Euler filling in for Adam Crowley. You're listening to The Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Wow, 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 he's a very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM.
642 on a Friday in the Steel City. Let that run a little bit, Tom. This song taught me a valuable lesson at a young age. You know what that was? You never trust a big butt and a smile. Think about it. Think about it. Valuable advice. If from anyone age 13 to 33, you never trust a big butt and a smile. We've had a lot on the table today, a lot of fun. Michael Fultz tweets the show. Best Berg over Philadelphia rant ever. Would love to hear that again. Thank you, Michael. And you can hear that again later on today when Tom posts the podcast links. Listen to the 5 o'clock hour and you will hear my Pittsburgh over Philadelphia rant. We are going to get into some stuff with Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Connor McGregor here. But before we do, we have a caller on the line who wants to talk a little Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia. His name's Tony, and he's calling from Morgantown. Tony, thank you so much for the call and welcome to the Crowley Show. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, my name's Tony, and I'm from uh, South Philly, but I'm here in Morgantown finishing up my uh, graduate degree. So, Tony, I was just saying this off air. I, I think people from – you'll be good to round this out. I think people from Philadelphia talk about people from Pittsburgh like people from Pittsburgh talk about people from West Virginia. Would you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's like a personal pride thing here with everybody here within the state. I mean, people are very prideful of this stuff, just like I am. You know, I'm a huge Birds fan, you know. Super Bowl champs, what's up? No big deal. Ginger Jesus. Why did Ginger Jesus, Tony, come to Pittsburgh for his double knee surgery? Well, you know, you know, the one good thing is that you guys got a great, you know, facility over there, and we're really happy that you'll be able to get my boy back out there on, you know, week one. Tony, one last question for you here. What's the deal with all the Cowboys and Giants fans in Philadelphia? Yeah, well, you know, when you got that population size the way that it is, you know, it's kind of big. But, you know, I actually kind of have to disagree with you. You know, I listen to your rant, and, you know, and you're doing a really good job filling in for Adam. But let me just tell you this. I mean, we are birds. We're gun-ho for the birds, let me tell you. I mean, when we won this Super Bowl, it was like the greatest thing in the world. Oh, I was there. I was well, there. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, like, you saw it. I mean, you know, people, you know, riding within the streets, you know, people, you know, really, really celebrating what the Eagles is. I mean, I think it's easy to but, say that it's definitely a Philadelphia, you know, Eagles type of town, right? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. One last question for you, Tony, before I let you go. Sure. Have you ever seen the Flyers win the Cup? There he goes, Tony from Morgantown. Thank you so much for joining the show. All right, Tom, let's talk a little Tiger, little Phil, little ratings. But before we do, let's give away some free Movie Friday tickets, shall we? Let's do it. Free Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, and more all from your phone. And you can skip the lines. Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets right now. Text BURGER. To ATOM1. That's burger, as in cheeseburger, to ATOM, the number one, for your chance to win. Standard data and text message rates apply. So, an exciting story came across the wire today, and it's that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are planning a $10 million winner take all, one on one, almost pay per view style golf showdown. It's rumored this is going to take place in Las Vegas. It's also rumored they will be mic'd up the whole time to kind of add to. The, the fan experience, if you will. And I think this is a phenomenal idea. Listen, we've talked about other than Tiger Woods, golf doesn't have much. They've got talent, but in terms of ratings and national draw, it's hard for golf to draw that big national crowd like they did when they had Tiger, now without Tiger. We'll get into some of this rating stuff here in a little bit. A report came out today from the PGA Tour talking about their ratings this season. 
But a $10 million winner-take-all match, Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson, two guys who were once enemies. I mean, I don't know about enemies, but it was pretty clear that they didn't like each other. Fair? It was a competitive rivalry. Competitive sure. rivalry. And then I think they were on a couple Ryder Cup squads together, and, and they're getting older. And I feel like you, know, you saw this with Bird and Magic, right? Competitive rivalry, competitive rivalry. And then all of a sudden, when they're in their 40s, it's like they become buddies. You kind of lose some of that fire, and you start to respect the, the competition that you had with the other guy. $10 million, winner-take-all match. It was supposed to originally happen this week in Las Vegas, but I guess they needed more time to get everything together. Made-for-TV matchup, I'd say so. The two best golfers of their generation coming together. I, I wonder if it would be paid. That hasn't been said. It was. This is reported by Golf.com. That's one of the first things I look for. Would it be on TV? Would it be on CBS, NBC, or would it be like a pay-per-view event, kind of like a Conor McGregor fight that you have to pay $40 to watch? I hope it's on the pay-per-view side because of that mic'd up aspect that you brought up. Because I want to hear no, Tiger dropping F-bombs out there. Phil calling the course a mother bleeper all the time. Like I, I, I want that experience out of... Because you never get... Because golf is that's, like that's a great the classiest point. sport there is, right? Sure. Uh, but you Gentleman's know, game. you know the golfers are swearing on the golf course. You you know oh, that, that when they hit a bad shot, their curse words are flying. And and to have that brought into our living room, uh, that would just be incredible. I I'm with you. I, I didn't even think about that. The the unedited aspect. Unedited yeah. aspect. You're right. Forty dollars, thirty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred bucks, like McGregor and yeah. May. I, I would cost. say forty dollars, maybe. Yeah. Now they say the purse is ten million, right? Ten it's million. Different. And you would how think much that, do you think they're making though each? Like, what they do it on pay per view? Like, exactly. It's got to it's got to be like twenty million each, and then it's a gentleman's bed for the extra ten million. Now here's the thing though: if they do do it on pay per view, does that benefit the game of golf as much as it were on cable? I don't think it does because you're going to have people that aren't going to watch just because it'll cost money. That's a good point. You don't want to alienate just the golf fans that get golf for free all the time. But this is Tiger Woods we're talking about. What if about. it's on the, the golf channel? <laughs> Drive subscriptions to the golf channel. Come on, NBC. Get me in marketing. This is Tiger Woods, though. Because it people, is Tiger Woods. If people are going to pay for golf, it'll be for Tiger Woods. No one in any sport, or I think we can say at least since Michael Jordan, has moved the needle like Tiger Woods. No, that's exactly right. Let's look at this ratings report. I mentioned this. This just came out. It was either this morning or yesterday. PGA Tour put out their, their ratings report for so far in this season. And now that they've had a healthy Tiger Woods for this, for this tour, these numbers are ridiculous. Torrey Pines viewership up 75%. Tampa Bay viewership up 160%. The Masters viewership, which is the Masters. Everybody watches the Masters, right? Up 26%. The Players' Championship up 19%. U.S. Open up 41%. That's the Tiger effect, plain and simple. And there's other guys that have this on their sport, but not like Tiger. That not to that extent. That U.S. Open number is the most surprising because Tiger was, was out of it. Pretty much on Thursday at the U.S. Open. It he was shot a, about a 10 over, I think it was. Yeah. So, was at, that's a he, great call. So uh, people come for Tiger, but they stay for the golf. And and also, I think the course being as hard as it was has sure. an effect there, too. But that's like you said, Tiger is driving people in. The ratings, even on Saturday and Sunday, when, when Tiger was out of it, still up 41%. That's outstanding. His last tournament, the National, where he came in fourth and was in the hunt, you want to guess how those ratings were up on Sunday? At least over 50%. 143%. And that's just him in the hunt. Could you imagine the U.S. Open if he's in the hunt afterwards or, or on Sunday? Or the British Open in a couple weeks? Uh. 
Another guy who moves the needle for his sport and has been in the news yesterday and today is Conor McGregor. He is reportedly in negotiations with UFC and Dana White to return to the Octagon, which, hey, listen, I know you're a boxing guy. I'm, I like the fight game. I'll just put it all under the label of the fight game. I, I'm not into it. I can't tell you about the cards and all these guys. But when you've got McGregor's or Mayweather's or Pacquiao's or when Ronda Rousey was going, when Brock Lesnar was, was the story in MMA, it's exciting, right? And like we just said, not to the extent of Tiger, but no one I think has ever in our generation, because you had Ali and you had Mike Tyson and guys like that. No one in our generation has moved the needle for the fight game like Conor McGregor. No? You disagree? Floyd Mayweather's got a pretty good... Pretty, yeah, that's true. Pretty good but here's the there. thing. He beat McGregor he's too, got a, so He's got like... a lot of detractors. And not in the sense McGregor just has people that don't like him because they think he's arrogant and flashy and he's loud and all those things that he is. Mayweather's got more people who are against him because of his some of the stuff in his personal life. Well, McGregor's not the best person in life. But that also either. kind of adds to the draw, as you were mentioning. In, in a weird way, it does. People want to see that train. Those two are definitely the kings of the fight world. And I think it's poetic that they met in that super event. Who is more important to their sport? Conor McGregor or Joey Chestnut? Oh, God. This is tough. Because I feel like neither would exist without the one. You know what I mean? They both both leagues need their knight in shining armor. The UFC the has fold. Where has the UFC been for the last two years since since McGregor and Rousey both left at about the same time? I don't know. McGregor's been boxing. I mean, and especially like John's bone, John Bones Jones has been gone. But yeah, you're right. Other than the the Japanese guy, could you name another? I can't even name him. I just know he's the Japanese guy. Can you name another competitive eater besides Joey Jolly? Oh, he's talking about Kobayashi. Kobayashi, yeah. that's his name. He was Japanese, right? I don't want to. I believe so, yes. He was Asian, but he I'm pretty Japanese. sure Japanese. I can name Matt Stoney, but he he's just they they move on to do these pieces on the fourth of July on like the people who might come in second place now because everybody knows it's gonna be Joey Josh Chestnut coming in first. So it's like, Oh, you gotta meet this guy who's gonna finish forty hot dogs behind Joey Chestnut and learn about him because oh he might push him, but well, we all know it's not gonna happen. Reports of this Pay-per-view style, one-on-one, winner-take-all showdown between Woods and Mickelson. Reports that McGregor is back in negotiations, wants to return to the Octagon to fight in UFC again. But I think we might have a bigger story. I heard Joey Chestnut wants to join the Warriors. While they're in contract talks. (laughs) Veteran minimum. He's going to take a one-year contract, a veteran minimum. Pay cut. Unbelievable. Adam Silver needs to get involved. needs to do something. Adam Silver needs to get involved. If you want to get involved with the show... Wesley Euler is where you can tweet me, at Wesley Euler. That's U-H-L-E-R. Let us know who's more valuable to their sport. Quotations, sport for competitive eating. Conor McGregor, Joey Chestnut. You'll also find a poll up on my web, up on my page if you go there. You can call the show. Still time to get involved. 412-922-2874 if you want to talk about any of these topics that we've hit today. Or if you just want to give Tom a block party request song that you would like to hear coming back from the break. On the other side, in the 6 o'clock hour, we'll reset a little bit. We'll talk a little NBA. We're going to get into some basketball stuff. We're going to talk about these Warriors and maybe if the league should go to 1 through 16 seeding instead of Western and Eastern conferences. All that and more on the other side. I am Wesley Euler filling in for Adam Crowley. You are listening to The Crowley Show.